Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath. And feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. Um, I feel like fall has sort of shown up here, sort of. It has. In Los Angeles. Although it's supposed to get warm again. It is. Which is weird. Like, L.A. weather, it's like it starts to feel seasonal, and then suddenly it gets warm again. Yeah, it's super, super nice out this morning. It's yeah. kind of, There's like a nice, cool, crisp Breeze in the air. Right. Balls in the air. It's nice. I mean, the thing about living in, in L.A., uh, for those of you who haven't necessarily been here or spent a lot of time here, this time of year, it's it's hard to dress because you have to really dress in layers because in the morning, there will be like a slight chill in the air. Like, I'm not going to compare it to like other places that get actual cold, but there'll be a chill. So you maybe have like a jacket or whatever. And then in the middle of the day, it gets hot. So then you're down to just like a T-shirt. And then as the day goes along, you know, especially when you get near the coast, like the fog comes in. Uh, the, the wind picks up. And so then by the end of the night, you like need an actual jacket again. So it's it's kind of weird. Um, yeah, you can kind of have like three different outfits. It's uh, it's nice if you like changing clothes. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's great. So. And, and we also get to deal with the cold of the studio as well. So that makes like, it hard to dress for work. Yeah. That, right, exactly. Because like it's it, even when it's a little bit cool out, then you get into the studio and it's like, are they hanging meat in here? Like, why is it so cold? <laughs> yeah, that's it's always that's that a whole different set of circumstances. Always, it's yeah. wild. Uh -huh. um, so we have plenty to talk about as we uh, break down what was Week Nine. Of course, there is still the Monday night game to come. But oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's Fabs versus Eddie. Yeah, Eddie, uh, we can't be friends today. Cowboys versus Giants. On I Monday fear that night. game because so yesterday the whole day, and I did it the last couple of weeks. You know, I watch the games and I'm thinking, how the hell did the Cowboys lose to the Jets? How did we lose to the Jets? That's what How the hell did we lose to the Jets? And I'm hoping that we're not cursed at that stadium this year because, you know, I would hate to lose to the Jets <laughs> and the Giants <laughs> in the same season at MetLife. I guess yeah. you're going to find out. I, find I, out. I was definitely hoping that Shep would be, uh, be playing, give the whole crew to Daniel Jones. But look, Faz, I'm not going to be greedy. Like, uh, I, I don't need a win. Let me just, <laughs> let's just. You know what I need? I don't want Daniel Jones embarrassed on national television like Eli's been embarrassed way too often these past few seasons. Uh, let's everyone stay healthy, you know, and then I'll, I'll be fine. I need a lot of Evan Ingram. 
and sure, hopefully. that's about it. Yeah, as Go long, Cowboys. As long as Eddie gets a few uh, Saquon Barkley highlights, yeah, big yeah. Evan Ingram catches. Couple, a couple nice highlights. Keep him healthy. Dalen Jones, no egregious turnovers. Yeah. A couple touchdown passes. Like it's a competitive game. Like it's, that's fine. It's all I asked for. Just, I'm just trying to figure out how how did we lose to that team? That is <laughs> that team is horrible. There. Like ever since they beat us, and and if you remember that game wasn't like necessarily a blowout, but. I mean, well, they were fairly in fairly good control. Uh, right. I mean, I mean like, we, I mean, there was never a point in the game where I'm thinking, "All right, we got this." Yeah. <laughs> well, they, and it was the Jets. That was the game that Amari got hurt. Really I don't early, care. Right? Still, I, like, I mean, I don't care if our offensive line had some injuries in that game. I don't care if Amari. It was the freaking Jets. They just got embarrassed by the Dolphins, who were the worst team in the league before which, the Jets lost to them. Which, by the way, that game at no point yesterday was... was like, no! I was like, oh, the Jets, and by the way, the Jets are going to get back in this. We no screwed up. Okay, we forgot that Ryan Fitzpatrick had another revenge game, and it's like the They're Ryan revenge Fitzpatrick games. revenge game tour this season. They're all right? revenge games. They're all, and eventually he's got the Bengals, which I think is later in the season. It might be week 16. I can't remember. Yep. But like the Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge tour just keeps on rolling. He had a very solid game against, I believe it was the Bills, and then he had a very solid game against the Jets yesterday. Now they've got the Colts coming up. That's not a revenge game. But still, like Ryan Fitzpatrick is back on the fantasy radar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He yeah, is. He is. It's uh it's wild there. Uh so of course you just heard from our faithful producer senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Uh so it should be interesting tonight. The uh, Cowboys versus Giants, you know, we'll we'll see. I know that you know that still has some fantasy impact uh with guys like Dak and Amari and Zeke and, and Saquon and uh, Evan Ingram and that sort of stuff. So it's at least worth watching, uh, if nothing else, for for that, even if you don't have necessarily any rooting interest in it. So there we go. Uh that's all out of the way. So uh let's do some news. Uh, first bit of news coming out of Indianapolis. Jacoby Brissett ended up leaving yesterday's game early uh, after what looked like both a, an ankle and a knee injury. I mean, on the exact same play, he got his foot stepped on and sort of turned his ankle a little bit. And then his offensive lineman fell and rolled into his knee. Uh, that took him out for the remainder of the game. Now, Frank Reich says it looks like a sprain. He is being classified right now as being week to week. Uh, so you're going to have to keep an eye on that going forward. In the meantime, Brian Hoyer stepped in, threw three touchdown passes. Didn't have a ton of yards, but moved the ball efficiently, especially considering he was coming in cold, you know, like, as, a, as a surprise uh, opportunity here. So, I mean, I know we'll get to, to waiver wire guys a little bit later, Fabs, but, I mean, Brian Hoyer's got to at least be on the radar right now. Dude, they got the Dolphins next week. Yeah, he is. I mean, let, remember, guys, we're, this is this is by Mageddon. Okay, you got the Broncos, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Redskins, all off. At least three pretty good fantasy quarterbacks out of those six teams. Okay, Brandon Allen. <laughs> he, beat the, I wanna, he, I, he beat the Browns. I want to watch him and see exactly <laughs> what happened the Browns. in that game. I almost feel bad for the, like, the Browns fans like the Miz and stuff like that because he was so excited for Super Bowl. They were going to contend against the Patriots. And that team is trash. Freddie Kitchens is not going to be employed uh, very much longer there. It, it, maybe if he makes it through the rest of the season, we'll see. But that's going to be about it. Regardless, back to the Hoyer point. Dude, pick him up. Two yeah. QB Superflex leagues. I'm desperate. Maybe you have Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz on your team. I don't know. Like that's very possible. Um, he's he, there. There are a handful of quarterbacks this week that you can pick up and play, or who may be on your bench that you could play this week. Uh, that you might have to do that. I'm going to talk about that on the TV side on Tuesday. But Hoyer's one of them. Ryan Tannehill's one of them. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick's one of them. All of a sudden, we're looking at these guys who weren't drafted. They've been backups uh, to start the season, and now they're going to be potential starters. Daniel Jones is one of them. Jimmy G is one of them. We got we got Bipocalypse coming. By the up. way, yeah, yeah, by the yeah, way, yeah. if you're Aaron Andrews's husband, Jarrett Stoll, what what, what did you think of uh, Garoppolo calling your woman baby? Uh, you know what? If you're Jarrett Stoll, I think you're. You're not all that weird. A little, little weird. You're not a little, all that weird. A little, think, little, little weird on national TV. I mean, it wasn't Joe Namath to Susie Colbert creepy. Well, no. It was, little, it was a little weird. Because Jimmy was sober. It was, um, <laughs> it, was, it was a little weird. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man. I, just as a side note, uh, uh, wrapping back to the Brissette point, could you imagine having a 300-pound lineman fall on your leg? No. Like, I, I no. watched that replay like at least 15 times yesterday because it was like one of the main games we were watching. Uh, and, and I just kept thinking, like, what would that be like to have a 300-pound man fall on your leg? I would get up and say, I'm done. Yeah, I'm not, I, I I'm would not probably anymore. never play another Gotta snap hurt. in the NFL. Not ever. playing anymore. I'm done. Uh, well, 
We talked a little bit about the Giants. Sterling Shepard is back in the concussion protocol, so uh, he is not going to be available. And now, Graham, this is like this is becoming an ongoing thing now, and you start to wonder, uh, you know, I guess big picture maybe about Shepard's career, but at least in the short term, what his availability is going to be for the rest of the season and what this means for, you know, say, Golden Tate and kind of the rest of that passing game. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. This is now Shepard's, obviously, his second concussion of this year. And, and, you know, any time that these these guys get re-into the concussion protocol, it's definitely not good long term. For fantasy, the spin is pretty simple. I mean, Golden Tate has been like a PPR monster over the last couple of weeks without Shepard in the lineup. I mean, he's been, I think he's seen like over eight or nine targets in every game. Uh, he's had over 80 yards in every game. I think Tate will have another nice game tonight against the Cowboys, especially with Shepard out. But, yeah, the Giants really need to get him back on the field because, I mean, their base offense between Tate and Shepard and Ingram is really nice on paper. They just haven't been able to get those guys all on the field at the same time together this year, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's been the hard part. And I know that, you know, we had high expectations for Sterling Shepard, and it just hasn't happened. I, I, I would do, uh, you know, as much as I was on Odell Beckham with, to the Browns, can we mm-hmm. do like some sort of verse engineering and get Odell Beckham back, back to the Giants? Giants? Or, back or to why, don't we do, why don't we do this? That would be fun. Why don't we trade Eli to Cleveland? Uh, well, that, I mean. Hey, any, hey, listen. At this point. That is something that I never thought that we would be actually wishing into, like, existence. I miss the days of Eli and OBJ. I do. Yeah. I miss well, them. If, if you think, OBJ was good with Eli. If you think Baker is dust behind that offensive line, just yeah, watch Eli behind the true. Browns offensive line. All that's right. I, I get it. But still, I mean, I'd rather see Eli throwing him passes. But did you did you see uh, Baker's post game that oh, look that he had? Yeah, uh, I saw the memes. That was hilarious. Yeah. It was like, I'm drafted by the Browns. Hey. Yeah. And after, you know, nine weeks, I play for the Browns. Yeah, he looked like a homeless guy with that trench coat on. <laughs> I saw a lot of uh, wet bandits memes. Yes, so, like, yes, you know, that's right. A lot of Daniel Stern. From that's right. Home Alone. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, so Gardner Minshew, yeah, wasn't great. Uh, that's in not London. even. That's the, you're being nice. Wasn't great you're in being London nice. as the Jaguars lost to the Texans. And Nick Foles looks like he is ready to go after uh, his collarbone injury in week one. So the Jaguars have a bye. And now the reports are Doug Marone will wait during the bye to make a decision about who will be his starter uh, coming up in week 11 for Jacksonville. Now, I, I feel in some ways I feel sort of bad for Gardner Minshew because he stepped in, played pretty well, moved the offense, you know, was very productive. Uh, he had a bad game at the worst possible time, right? When the starter is about ready to come back, and now all of a sudden his job is on the line. I mean, literally two weeks ago, we we're talking about man, Nick Foles might never get his job back. Now he has a bad game at the worst that, time. I, you know, and that it, game was awful. I really hope that Doug Marone does not hold that game against Minshew. I hope he does because, <laughs> because I want Nick Foles because Gardner was free. He was so good for the first eight weeks there in Jacksonville, and obviously then he has to go across. Uh, cross the Atlantic and play a really tough road spot, or spot there. Give it, give it back to Foles. That was awful, dude. That was just, I mean, really, from a fantasy standpoint, everyone who needed a quarterback was trying to get Minshew. I started him in one of my leagues. Houston would given up 20 points a game to quarterbacks. They had given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers, and Minshew basically neutered every receiver on that roster, including DJ Chark, who might have been the biggest disappointment in fantasy football this week. Give the Give the offense back to Nick Foles. Just do it. And I get it. Minshew has been a fun story. There was a half a dozen people dressed as Gardner Minshew here at the NFL offices. Which might have Halloween. sucked his power out of him. It might have been. <laughs> Maybe his powers don't go overseas. I don't know. Because he was awful. And in the fourth quarter, he looked like a guy who didn't belong as, as an NFL starter. That's for sure. But he's also, I mean, let's be honest. He's had really good games against the Jets. They suck. The Bengals suck. Okay, Carolina, that was that was an impressive performance on the road against that defense. But he hasn't played like the greatest defenses in the world. Kansas City's defense isn't any good. Uh, he had a decent game against Denver. I, right. He had a decent De- game against Tennessee. I mean, 16 points against Denver is, is OK, but from fantasy, it's not great. So I'm just I mean, listen, it's been a fun story with the mustaches and the Burt Reynolds comparisons and the Smokey and Bandit. I love it all. It was fun. From a fantasy standpoint, I want him out. I want Foles so, in there. I want to see what he could do. So basically, you lost, and now you're salty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm dead. <laughs> like, no, that's oh, that's I'm what pissed. it is. I mean, no, I'm mad. I mean, I, uh, geez, I, I remember uh, I see him in Jamie Eisenberg, our pal over at CBS, tweet out, 
I had Gardner as my start of the week at quarterback. I'm like, hey, Jamie, we all liked him, man. I yeah. mean, it was a yeah, great matchup. I mean, like, whatever. Just, just, it, he, just, he was horrible. It yeah. is the vagaries of fantasy football. It's time yeah. to go back to Foles. You this, gave him a lot of money. See what he can do. This happens every single year. We're a quarterback in a great spot. We love all these pass catchers. They'll just fail. And it just, this, this it just happens, dude. I mean, it happens. But yeah. I, I'm on. Uh, I'd, I'd, let's see what Foles has. You know, I let's will say they do, do have a big, big, big amount of sunk cost into Foles. Uh, and I, I think I think you're probably right that at least from just like a pure like financial how, standpoint, financial standpoint, but also how we know how these things have gone in the past, that they will probably try to go back to their guy that they have a huge investment in. And w- whether that whether that's the right choice, I, I really won't pretend to know. But I, I think when you have a rookie quarterback playing as well as Gardner's played, you just stick with him. Because I just think it's funny that he has a bad game and everybody's like, screw it, it's over, he's done. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, a lot of that like, is, is the fantasy, like, let's not, the fantasy let's, community. Let's not, let's not pretend that Nick Foles is exactly you know Thank a you. Hall of Fame quarterback here. Thank right? You. Like He got paid a lot of money because he was the best option. He was the, he was the nearest port in the storm for the Jacksonville Jaguars, yes. and he rolled in at the right time, and they threw a king's ransom at him. Give him so, a shot. That's all I want. So, uh, there we go. That's uh, pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Hey, quick note. Uh, I meant to mention this at the top of the show, but uh, I'll get to it now. Uh, we are on YouTube, by the way. Uh, this is a new development. Uh, I think uh, it just started last week, but we are putting our shows up on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you search for NFL podcasts, plural, uh, you can subscribe to that handle. And they're going to start putting our shows up there along with ATN. Uh, I don't know. Is Move the Sticks going to be there as well, Eddie? I'm not sure. So, yeah, all the podcasts, um, are you can now listen to them on YouTube. Uh, for, for now, the only image you'll see is, like, the show loop, like the monitor, the logo for every show. So NFL uh, Fantasy Football Podcast, Move the Sticks, DDFP, um, ATN, all the logos will be on there. Uh, we're hoping to get Fantasy on the NFL Fantasy Football uh, YouTube channel soon. And then maybe in the future, who knows, we may just do the, uh, the wide shot of you guys in the studio. So we're going to work on all that. So a lot of different ways now to access uh, this great podcast. Cool. Yeah, so uh, go check it out in case, you know, whatever, you want to watch a monitor loop for a while. Uh, <laughs> but eventually, hopefully, it'll be our faces so you can watch us stare at our laptops for an hour. It'll it's literally great. all we do is like, yep. you, know, you know, because we're not really on camera for most of this or right. for any social media. Uh, every once in a while, I take a sip of tea. It's really exciting. Um, but anyway, it's a new way for you to listen to the podcast. You can check it out. Uh, hopefully you do uh, subscribe to the NFL podcasts handle. Subscribe to the NFL fantasy handle on YouTube while you're at it as well because we're putting clips of Fantasy Live up there. Uh, also, League One if you, if you haven't checked that out as well. So there are different ways to see what we do, to hear what we do in the event that you're not already sick of us already. So uh, there you go. Uh, Hey, week nine, just about in the books, minus that one last game that we already mentioned. So uh, just kind of time to go back through what happened on Sunday uh, and sort of break some of these things down, starting with the running back position this week. So, Fabs, um, is Melvin Gordon fixed now? He had 80 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Like I, he's he's fixed now, right? I certainly hope so. Um, I just traded for him in one of my leagues, and I traded Lamar Jackson because I'm loaded at quarterback. But it, it looked like that that game, and remember, it was the first game without uh, Wisenhunt as the OC. Right. Looked like last year's Chargers. Right. It mm-hmm. looked like Melvin Gordon had his featured role. Melvin Gordon was the goal line back, and Austin Eckler was sprinkled in. Uh, and, and that was sort of what the Chargers have been. And I feel like. They, they came out and won the game against a team that had lost, what, once uh, going into yep. this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, so I feel like, and Eckler's great. I, I get it. Eckler's a, a talented back. But from here on in moving forward, I really believe that Melvin Gordon, and it took a few weeks for him to sort of, you know, get his sea legs back, but he played 61% of the snaps. Eckler, Eckler was at 35 I think this is probably what you're going to see moving forward. Yeah, I, I will say the Packers literally did not show up in this game. I mean, they, for wild. three quarters, they did not move the ball on offense whatsoever. They were in third down and long on literally every single one of their drives. I mean, uh, Melvin Ingram and, and Nick Bosa had their way with Aaron Rodgers early in the game. I think it really that really helped. The game script really helped getting Melvin Gordon the ball you know, 23 times. In this spot, uh, you know, it's interesting, obviously, that Ken Wesenhunt gets fired and the very next game, Melvin Gordon plays a season high snapper. He gets 20 carries for the first time this season. Yep. 
But I really, I, you know, I think the game script had a lot to do with this. But that being said, though, you know, I'm sitting here kind of poo-pooing on Gordon's performance. You get the Raiders and the Chiefs the next two weeks. So, I mean, it's two more good matchups. It lines for up him. for him. Yep. Yeah, it and, does. And yep. maybe, they did, maybe they did solve something along their offensive line because they, for four straight weeks, they did not run the ball. I don't think they had over 40 they yards They did not rushing. have 40. Four straight games with under 40 it, rushing yards. It was ridiculous. So, uh, maybe they got something a little bit going with their offensive line this week. I don't know. But I, game script really helped here because yep. the Packers were not – at all an opponent. Right. Yeah. You know, it's curious. I, I wonder how much of it was a change at the offensive coordinator position and maybe you know, just kind of a new way of looking at things. How much of it was just kind of a shakeup in the locker room? Like, you see a move like this, and I, I feel like that sort of just wakes everybody up. I mean, from the top down, and whether or not the Chargers were like, oh, wait, hey, hey, we got we to gotta get going yeah. again. Maybe, maybe there's a little fire under them. Um, also, this just sets up for the Chargers doing the typical Charger thing of making a run at this point and getting all their fans, you know, like well, all, you, you can put like all the, the Chargers the, fans, the, the dozens of them in the studio in our campus and we'd still have room for yeah, people the, to walk around. The, the dozens of them. The StubHub Center was very quiet yesterday. Getting the them, Chargers uh, dominated, getting them excited and then having just the most heartbreaking, agonizing loss somewhere in like week 14 or 15. To uh, to end their their playoff hopes because that's that's just the Charger way. Um, so at the start of the year, we were really excited about rookie running backs, right? I mean, Josh Jacobs was like the first rookie running back off the board in most drafts, but we had high hopes for David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, even Devin Singletary, and it took them a while to get going. But the last few weeks, they really started to kind of pick some things up. So I'll start with you, Graham. Those four guys: Jacobs, Singletary, Montgomery, Sanders. Rank them. Uh, how you're feeling about them right now? Yeah, I think you have the order pretty much. I think it's I would flip Montgomery and Singletary, but Jacobs and Montgomery are the top two guys. Devin Singletary, man, he he looks good. so good, mm-hmm. and now they're starting to feature him more over the last couple weeks the Bills have kind of shifted away from Frank Gore Singletary's played two-thirds of the Bills snaps and he's I mean Frank Gore is basically not playing on passing downs and now Singletary gets a chance to just absolutely smash the Browns and the Dolphins over the next couple weeks I I love Devin Singletary over the next couple weeks I think he's going to be a really solid like RB2 play Uh, but I got to stand for Josh Jacobs he is so freaking He's good. He's been so good. There are Playing there were great. people there were people out there that doubted that he could be a featured player because he wasn't in Alabama. He never he had only a couple games, maybe with like twenty or more carries. And mm-hmm. he has more than proven that he's a workhorse back in the NFL. He has been awesome. As Graham year. Barfield likes to say, he is smashing. He is so, so good. And, and you know, I think the biggest part of it too is that the Raiders have trusted him in that role. I mean, because oh, yeah. we, you know, like compare that or contrast that with David Montgomery, who now is playing well, but it just seemed like early on Matt Nagy didn't trust giving him the football consistently. Now that they are, he's starting to do some things. But from day one, uh, John Gruden trusted Josh Jacobs to carry a big workload in Oakland. Yeah, well, hats off to John, John Gruden, honestly, because their team is competitive each and every week. Their They're offensive fun to line, watch, man. They are. They're fun to watch. Their offensive line has really stepped up, and Derek Carr is playing efficient ball, and, and Josh Jacobs, man. Josh Jacobs I mean, is so good. Week one, Josh Jacobs had 24 touches. Which, yeah. Like, I mean, they that, just, right out of the gate. They they just, right out of the gate, Gruden showed us exactly what he wanted to do. They believed mm-hmm. in him. Yep. Uh, so Ronald Jones started the game for Tampa yesterday. Uh, on the opening drive, had four carries for 28 yards, got in the end zone, it sort of kind of faded a little bit as that be- that game became a track meet, and so it kind of became about the quarterbacks between Winston and and, uh, and Russell Wilson. But it was fun to watch, by the way. It was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. But in the end, Ronald Jones ends up playing the majority of the snaps there. He has a decent game, all things considered. And I mean, Fabs, we have been asking for the Bucks to just give us one guy to lean on one guy to just at least make it interesting. Yeah. So can we start to think that Ronald Jones is now the guy in Tampa? I mean, really, like, when we start to feel like one guy is taking over, this has happened earlier in the season, too, right. where Ronald Jones started to, oh, 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 Ronald, oh, we could pick him up off the waiver wire, and then and it went back to, to Peyton Barber. So you never really know with this offense, but I, I would suggest that clearly based off of what we saw yesterday, that if you were thinking of starting a Tampa Bay Buccaneer next week, and they do have the Cardinals, which could be another track meet, by the way, that game, Seattle, Tampa, so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Arizona, Tampa could be as much fun to watch from a fantasy standpoint. So 
I would go in there, and if Jones is out there on the waiver wire, which he is in a lot of leagues, uh, I would not be uh, adverse to picking him up and rolling him out as a flex. I'm just so sick of this Bucks backfield. I mean, three <laughs> weeks ago, Dari freaking Ogun Buwale was playing like over 50% of the snaps. Right. It's just, oh my God. It's hard to figure. I, I don't think Bruce, but, honestly, I really don't think even Bruce Arians knows week to week how these running backs are going to play out. It's, they're just, it's just a pure hot hand and kind of game flow, mm-hmm. game flow uh, type deal. And, for fantasy, that just it makes it completely useless. Man, I, that that I, I will say. I mean, Rojo looks a lot better this year. Which, yeah, which yeah. is a very it was a small. I mean, it's a small bar to hop, obviously. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones looks so much so much better this year, and so much better than Peyton Barber. Yeah. Well, let's see. Here's the thing: we we sort of know what Peyton Barber is at this point in his yeah. career, right? Like we're still trying to figure out what Ronald Jones is, and I think I think you know you heard all those stories about him bulking up and, and trying to get in better shape, and I think certainly did. Just from like, he definitely did that, and I also think that you know there was just a mental aspect of it too that he had to sort of you know wrap his head around, and I think he's started to do that now. So uh, maybe this means better things for him going forward. Uh, over to wide receivers. Mohamed Sanu had a big night last night. The Patriots lost, but you know Sanu came out and got a ton of targets. Was really productive with them. So I mean, Graham, does this mean was, is this real or is this a mirage? I mean, can we can we think bigger things are coming for Mo Sanu now? You know what I I kind of do because if you go back and kind of look at how the Patriots are playing this year, they are not running the ball effectively whatsoever. I mean, they are like well under three and a half yards per carry. Sony Michelle basically didn't play yesterday. They played Rex Burkhead and James White. By the way, that trend continued. Yeah. I talked about it all week. When Burkhead is active, you can't play Sony yeah. Michelle with any kind of confidence. Unfortunately, that game was a Sunday night one, yeah. so you didn't know. Yeah, you know, I was going to say that the Patriots over the last couple of weeks have just thrown the ball a ton. I mean, Brady is over 40 pass attempts now in five of his last seven games. Uh, one of those games, he had 39 pass attempts, so he was right on the cusp. And Every single week, they're just throwing the ball super short and playing the most boring pass offense ever. And Mohamed Sanu, as we know, is not going to beat people downfield. So if, if they're going to continue to you know have this high-volume pass offense, short pass offense, they need somebody else that can function in the middle of the field. And I think they found it in Sanu. And I think that's kind of what they were going for is like they know that they don't really have a field stretcher. Brady can't throw it deep as much anymore. And they're running the ball, I mean, just completely ineffectively behind that offensive line right now. I think I think Sanu in PPR leagues could be a really sneaky receiver too moving forward here. Yeah, I mean, you know, and obviously the, the Patriots needed a receiver. That was why they went and, and added him in that trade. So. And they needed a guy that they can lean on in the red zone, and that's big in fantasy, and that's what Sanu's going to be. And they get Eagles uh, Eagles in Week 11, uh, Texans in Week 13 out of their bye. So two up. pretty good spots yeah. for some so even more pass volume here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wrote in things I learned that the Devontae Parker breakout season is sort of underway, right? Like right now he is on pace for a career high in receiving yards and a, he's already tied his career high in touchdowns with four. Um, yeah, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, the, the offense looks functional. You know, they're moving the football, they're scoring points. They actually look like they know what they're doing out there. Throw in the fact that Preston Williams, who I know got, got a little banged up and uh, is kind of you know, getting checked out this week. Um, but he's playing some good football as well. So, Fabs, are we cool with the Dolphins receivers right now? I mean, it depends. On I mean, the relatively matchup. speaking, it depends right? on like the matchup. I mean, like, because we, we like Fitzpatrick under center for fantasy purposes. We don't want Josh Rosen. He could stay on the sidelines. Sorry, Josh. But um, Fitzpatrick is a guy who puts the Dolphins receivers into play for us, right, from a fantasy standpoint. And so uh, if, Williams is, if Williams is injured seriously, I mean, he's having an MRI. But right now, I mean, Parker's four touchdowns in his last five games. They've got the Colts coming up this week. Not as easy of a matchup as the Jets. But with six teams on a bye, I feel like as a flex or a three, you could do worse than play Devontae Parker, especially if Williams uh, is is it limited or, or unavailable because of the injury. And they've got they've got the ninth easiest wide receiver schedule the rest of the way, right? You mentioned the Colts this week. They've got the Bills in two weeks, which you know I, I don't know how you, you you feel about that one, but not good. They've got the Browns, they've got the Eagles, they've got the Jets again, they've got the Giants, they've got the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of good matchups. Yeah, there with is guys down there. Yeah, Devontae right? Parker touchdown machine. Who would have thunk? Who would have thought, right? No, right? I mean, it what is he in his, like, fifth season now? I mean, like, it's been a while. I mean, we've been waiting for we've it. We've been waiting for it, and it's finally starting to happen. It's right? here, man. It's it, finally starting to happen. It's here. When we all least expected it, when we no one was drafting him, when we were all drafting even Albert Wilson. Right. Exactly. Bird alert. <laughs> we were yeah. all taking bird alert, and, and now it's Devontae Parker, but good for him. Yeah, man. I mean. He's going to go somewhere and make him make himself a nice little chunk nice of little change. Nice little chunk and change, and he'll be, you know, he'll be like a secondary receiver who will yeah. be pretty productive, so it'll It'll sort of work out. Um, 
Grammy gets better for Keenan Allen, right? Like he hasn't scored a touchdown oh, since week, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week three. He hasn't done anything since week three. Um, I mean, he's. I don't think he's had more than like sixty-one receiving yards in any game since yeah. week three, and it's just I, I can't figure out why it's leaving yeah. me scratch. But it, it gets better, right? <laughs> you know, you know, I thought it would get better this week with this this spot, right? I mean, I thought the Packers would come in and at least be able to move the ball, but Philip Rivers only had to throw it twenty eight times, and in the two prior weeks, Keenan was over double digit targets again. Probably just got a little bit unlucky, just didn't have any big uh, big receptions and no touchdowns. But yeah. You mentioned it, man, that the yardage has completely fallen off a cliff over the last couple of weeks. He's been around like 42 yards per game over the last six weeks. Hasn't scored. Um, you know, I, I want to say it gets better. The, again, two decent matchup uh, uh, upcoming, like we mentioned with Melvin Gordon against the Raiders and Chiefs, should be two shootouts. And, and Keenan Allen can beat the Chiefs out of the slot. But, man, it, it's just, to me right now, they have a lot of weapons that they're feeding. And if Keenan Allen, they don't have clear plays where where Keenan Allen's you know the the game plan target it's just it kind of seems like he's kind of slipping into like just the secondary fold in this offense where Hunter Henry and Mike Williams and Allen and now they're getting Gordon involved it's just kind of this big you know cohesive thing now it's Mike Williams Keenan Allen had a a good game I think that was his first 100 yard game ever yeah and it's not just Keenan Allen getting you know fed 15 targets like we saw in the first couple weeks you know they're, they're actually spreading the ball around here over to the quarterbacks. Uh, Fabs, are we back to worrying about Aaron Rodgers, or was was yesterday just sort of a weird hiccup that happened? It, it was strange. I will say this, though. He has one of the hardest schedules among quarterbacks for the rest of the season. Right. Uh, I talked about that on the TV side um, last week. And also, let's keep in mind that, I mean, Rodgers still had, I believe, four games with fewer than 15 fantasy points this season. Mm-hmm. He started off really slowly, and then he had, you know, just like three or four, like, just monster games in a row. So he kind of got back into our good graces. But... I mean, you're probably starting him most weeks, Marcus, but I still feel like those matchups down the stretch, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's got the Bears and the Vikings in the last two weeks of the fantasy postseason. That's that's not, not attractive. Great. I mean, Minnesota, I, you know, they're, they're beatable through the air, I guess, so that's not as bad. But, I mean, Chicago is a tough matchup for any quarterback in the league right now, uh, I guess not named Mahomes or, or Lamar Jackson. So he's still going to end up being in starting lineups. It was a disappointment yesterday without question. And um, they have Carolina coming up uh, at Lambeau Field. He's probably going to be under center. I mean, guys, we got six teams off. Yeah. I mean, it's true. But going back and looking at Rodgers' year this year, it's just kind of been all over the place, right? I mean, he's had that huge game against the Eagles where he threw for over 400 yards. And obviously, he had the huge game against the Raiders. Had a good one last week against the Chiefs. But outside of that, it's just kind of been a ho-hum year for Rodgers Mm -hmm. this year. And you mentioned the schedule down the stretch. Probably not great uh, for him. But yeah. Niners, when they come out of their bye in week 12, I'm really excited for that game. Packers, Niners. That should be fun. That's going to be a really, really good That's game. That's going to be like shades of like, you know, the old Steve Young throwing the, the ball old, to uh, Torello and, yeah. and the Packers converge and he continues on into the end zone. That was a, a very memorable play. Yeah, that was. <laughs> remember that one? I remember that game because. As a Niners fan, of course. Oh, I remember. I also remember because I think uh, like T.O. was actually really hurt in that game. And like he took a wicked shot on that game winning touchdown. Yep. And like, you know, everybody's trying to celebrate it. He was like an obvious pain yeah. <laughs> just trying to get up off the turf. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Broncos earlier. And like I said, I, I'm curious to kind of go back and watch this game and see what happened. But Graham, uh, Brandon Allen, thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, I I went and looked. So the the Browns, or excuse me, the Broncos only ran forty three offensive plays yesterday. Forty three, not a lot. Broncos or the Browns still lost. I, I, <laughs> I just don't under I don't understand how that's possible. Uh, I get it. Noah Fant had the big play, and and Brandon Allen definitely hit, look on that opening drive. That Cortland Sutton touchdown. That cut just, catch was ridiculous. That was a thing of beauty. That was but, sick. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Brandon, they they basically didn't have the ball on offense. I mean, Philip Lindsay ripped off a big play. It, it kind of seemed like they just had a few chunk plays there, and that was really kind of it for for fantasy and, and for Brandon Allen. So I don't know if we really know too much uh, about Brandon Allen after that game, but but hats <laughs> hats off to the Brown the Broncos, man. Like you know, the Browns are. Uh, expected to come in here and you know at least um, you know compete, I guess. And and the, the Broncos didn't roll over, and you know they only needed a few plays to do it. Brandon Allen only threw the ball twenty times yesterday, guys. Right. That's it. 
Which honestly is like, I kind of expected that they would try to maybe not hide him, but sort of protect him a little bit. And it just so happened that he came out early and kind of got hot, made some good throws, got some nice plays behind him uh, to really help out. But I do think that, you know, I, I don't know that we can read too much into what happened and suddenly think that Brandon Allen is, is a viable fantasy starter for you. It just happened to really work out for him right. on Sunday. Um, okay, Fabs, who would you rather at this point? Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston? <laughs> I'd rather have Jameis. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. The schedule is bananas good for him down the stretch. Like, he is – the Buccaneers have the easiest schedule among quarterbacks yep. for the rest of the season. Uh, Seattle, listen, these ain't your daddy Seahawks. They're not good uh, defensively, uh, especially against the pass. And now he's got Arizona coming up. So, I'd ra- – and, and Wentz – he was dropped in one of my leagues. I picked him up because he's got a couple of matchups where I'm going to be able to use him down the stretch. But Philadelphia, they have the ninth hardest schedule among quarterbacks the rest mm-hmm. of the season. And, you know, Carson is in a really bad stretch right now where he, he said he has Chicago, he said Buffalo. Um, they are on a bye, I believe, coming up. Uh, but he, he's a guy who you drafted to be your QB1. But he's a matchup-based starter. Right. And the matchup's been brutally bad for him. And as as much as you worry about Winston because he has those horrible games like he had overseas where he turned the ball over like a hundred times, times six but I mean times, then, then you watch him play yesterday and he went head to freaking head with the best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, he really yeah. did. Jameis played extremely well yesterday. Played very well outside of that one fumble where the ball kind of like flew up in the middle right. of the air. Right, like he played, he <laughs> played, played very really well. well yeah, I mean, and now he's got Arizona. Well, and so I, if you go back and you look at, at his performances week to week, right? Like he had bad performances against defenses that are pretty good. I mean, you know, everybody looks at week one against the Niners, but now you look back on it, you're like, oh, well, Niners, the right? Niners have done that to a lot of people now, right? Yeah. So it doesn't look quite as bad as it used to. I mean, yeah. um, you know, the, the Panthers, he had you know two not so great games against Carolina. I don't know that there's a whole lot of shame in that necessarily, mm-hmm. but the favorable matchups, I mean, he has, he's crushed. I mean, he, he beat up on the Giants. He, he crushed the Rams, which I think still like opened a lot of eyes, especially at the time to come to Los Angeles and do that. But he played well against the Titans. He played well against the Seahawks. And as you mentioned, the, the schedule's great for him. I mean, he's got the Cardinals. He's got uh, the Falcons one more time. He's, you know, he's got the, the Lions. He's got the Texans. These are games in which he can go out and perform really well. Yep. I, you know, I, I wrote last week in, in Tired Wire that uh, Jameis might end up winning some people some fantasy championships. Like yes, You're not sir. starting him each and every week, but you play him in the right spots. He can get you to the playoffs, and he can probably win you a fantasy title somewhere. So, um, All right, so let's look at week nine. I went through and I wanted to do some little fact or fiction. So I came up with three statements and I'll put them to you guys and you can tell me whether you think these are fact or fiction about things we have seen, whether it's all season or the last few weeks or what have you. First one, the Bills defense is good against the run. Like that was something I think we seem to believe and I think we were sort of hesitant to play some running backs against them. I know that, you know, we were sort of so-so on Adrian Peterson this week. He smashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the week before, I mean, the Eagles kind of ran through the Buffalo Bills. Um, and you look at it, they're sort of middle of the road in terms of their run defense. So, I mean, are they still a good run defense and they just had a couple of bad weeks? Or were we giving them maybe too much credit? I think with, with any almost every matchup in the NFL outside of, like, you know, obvious ones like the Bucks defense is really freaking good. I, I think most matchups come down to the offense. It's not necessarily the defense. And we know what the Redskins have wanted to do with Bill Callahan. And, you know, they have a, a whole 18 points to show for it over the last three weeks, but they just run the ball and drain the clock. I mean, yep. they've been uh, they've had under 50 offensive snaps now in three straight games. And, you know, I, I think a little bit of yesterday's game was was Peterson one just getting fed the rock relentlessly. But he's also still really good yeah. I mean, crazy still like uh, i mean it blows my mind how much burst and and pop he has in the middle of the season after dealing with an ankle sprain yeah i mean, I mean this, this, is, this is a hall of fame running back yeah. and that performance yesterday sort of I, i've been picking up darius geis in all the leagues i can get him uh if you look at his schedule it's very favorable uh down the stretch i mean they have the Jets coming off of a Week Ten bye. They've got Detroit, Carolina's been getting crushed by running backs. They got Green Bay, like every matchup, Marcus, except for Philly, right? And then you got the Giants in Week Sixteen. Right. The matchups are really good, and I'm hoping that Darius, I would still pick him up in any league that he's out there, especially if you have a reserve spot on NFL.com where you could just throw him in there until he comes back uh, and he's activated. But I mean, that performance from Peterson, 
you know, made me pause a little bit. Man, maybe Darius isn't going to get the starting job back right away. Well, and even if he does, I can't imagine after you know a litany of injuries that they're going to give him just a huge workload. That you know he he's still going to kind of rotate yeah. in. I think even when it happens, I, yeah. th- they have to because Peterson is is one still playing exceptionally well, and I don't think they can trust Darius guys to stay healthy and so in the same sort of featured role that Peterson's been getting over the last few weeks. Uh, the one thing I will say about Bill Callahan, to his credit, is. Uh, he runs a pretty tight ship in terms of getting them, getting those guys in and on and off the field, man. Like Washington games, they're quick now. Like he's, they're getting out of there in like two and a half hours. So like, kudos <laughs> to you, man. Yeah, that, like, that Bills Redskins game ended in like two hours yesterday. Yeah, and the yeah. Pan- Panthers Titans was like starting the fourth quarter, and the Bills Redskins game was like in their final. I mean, I'm like, what, what the hell? Seriously, happened? like Bill, uh, Bill Callahan is is coaching like he's double parked, and so good on you, guys. <laughs> right? Yeah, good on you for that. Um, all right, next one. Austin Hooper is a tight end one play the rest of the year. I mean, right now he is the tight end one. I don't necessarily expect him to finish as the tight end one. Um, but, I mean, Graham, he can he can be a tight end one the rest of the season at this point, right? Oh, yes. And, and you know, this is something we've talked about on the show all year. It's just the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons' ineptitude and their, their just general sucking has really helped <laughs> has really helped this pass offense. I mean, they're, they're just extremely high volume and, 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 and you know, We'll see how this offense kind of plays out now that Mohamed Sanu's gone too. But I mean, Sanu is seeing on you know fifteen, sixteen percent of the team's targets, and and now there's even more volume to go around here. Yep. Yeah. No. No question about that. So, um, yeah, Hooper's been. I mean, damn. I think we said this last week, right? At this point in the season, would you rather have taken Travis Kelsey in the first or second round, or Hooper way late? Uh, no brainer. I'd rather have Hooper. Oh yeah. I mean, to- Hooper has, has done, he is, he has been better than advertised. And as you mentioned, without Sanu in the offense, the red zone opportunities could potentially grow a little bit more and he is going to get targeted a ton in an offense that throws the ball a ton. He is in the, he's in the running for you know best draft bargain of the season. I think without a doubt, no yep. doubt. Uh, so last one, him and Darren Waller, him and Darren, Darren Waller, for sure. Uh, Bellatrix are back in the Patriots backfield. Like, you know, look, James White's still doing his thing. I mean, there's a Rex Burkhead. There's a Sonya Michelle. Like, is it still, are we back to not being able to decipher? Is it still as simple as when Burkhead plays, you don't play Michelle? Rex Burkhead screwed everything up for us. He screwed everything up for us. I mean, no fault of his own. He just wants to get out and play. Every time, and it doesn't affect James White, mm-hmm. but every time Burkhead has been on the field, Sony Michelle has been a disappointment. Going into this past weekend, Michelle was averaging fewer than seven fantasy points per game in games where Burkhead was active. 17 points per game where Burkhead is out. The last two games, Burkhead has been active. Sony Michelle has been a disappointment. And there is no coincidence in that trend, guys. Yeah, it's true. And, and Michelle last night had four carries. That's it, four. Uh, you know the Patriots obviously got behind and they really couldn't get any their get into their run sets, but he only played twenty two percent of the team's snaps. Uh, moving forward, I, you know there's going to be games where Michelle is going to have multiple touchdowns, but it's really hard to, to trust Michelle in your lineups, especially in PPR leagues because he's just not going to catch any passes. If especially is, if Burkhead's going to you know continue to play. If this is going to be what the Bills backfield is the rest of the season, Michelle is going to be. Uh, solely dependent on scoring touchdowns to be yep. productive in your fantasy lineup. Yep. Yeah, and, and I know people were. I, I sort of believe that they were going to start leaning on him down the stretch, but I don't know that that's going to happen. Especially this, this year's different, man. Especially with their offensive line, yeah. they're, they're struggling a little bit. And they're throwing. They're having to throw a bunch to stay in games. I, I think this year is is different in that sense. Very well, very well could be. Uh, looking at the waiver wire as you get ready to put in your claims for the week, it is uh, a decent sized list for you. Uh, Zach Pascal is out there with the news, obviously, that T.Y. Hilton uh, could miss multiple weeks. It happened right after I treated for him in a league. Mm-hmm. Um, By the <laughs> so way, it's terrible. funny because you said Pascal. It's actually Pascal. Is it Pascal? But I say Pascal, too, and it's because of Pet Cemetery. Oh, I think. Do you like, remember that? You remember the character in that, Pascal? Maybe that was the guy who ended up being the ghost who was trying to warn the father not to go into the pet cemetery. So I've said Pascal. I feel like but it's was, not. It's Pascal. I feel like oh. there was some guy that I learned about like in high school chemistry or something. It was like Pascal. It's Pascal because uh, Rhett Lewis yeah. corrected me on that last week. I'm like, oh, are you sure? Oh, yeah, Rhett would know. Right, okay, so, it's Pascal. So Zach Pascal. Sorry, Zach. 
my bad. Uh, so he's out there, especially with T.Y. Hilton expected to be out for who knows how many weeks right now. Um, he becomes a viable play there, especially after having a big game on Sunday. Kareem Hunt is due back uh, next week, right? He's available for the Browns. Um, I, I wonder what his workload is going to Because I mean, Nick Chubb has been very good this year. I know. Even as the Browns have struggled, Nick Chubb has not been part of the I'm Browns. not even worried about it initially, like in the first week, because you know, Chubb's going to, he's going to dominate the carries. Uh, and, and I think Hunt needs to get sort of back into the rhythm of, of actually playing in real football games. But I, I hope that, I hope that doesn't turn into, yeah, I, I, I don't think it will, but I really hope it doesn't. I will because say that would suck. I will say Chubb's snaps have been down over the last couple of weeks. And I, I wonder if they're kind of like, I, I, they've got to have some sort of role in mind for Cream Hunt because their second running back this year has just been they've just been rotating their yeah. they've just been rotating their guys so they'll probably get Hunt involved in some way but I'm with you though Fabs I, I definitely don't think Chubb is is going to lose that early down role yep. Uh, let's see. Next up, Ronald Jones. We talked about him and, and what his uh, future potentially is in Tampa for the rest of the season. Brian Hoyer mentioned him at the start of the show with uh, Jacoby Brissett week to week uh, and six teams on a bye this week. Brian Hoyer is going to be, I'm sure, a popular ad. Uh, Hunter Renfro, who I think has touchdowns in back-to-back games now and is really kind of starting to, to get more looks <laughs> in that offense. He, he just looks like he looks like a 45-year-old accountant. Oh, yeah, so no. funny. He's, he looks, he does not look like a football player no. whatsoever. Exactly. No, it, like if I met him and I didn't know who he was right. and he said, hey, Hunter Renfro, hey, so what do you do for work? And, you know, car salesman, insurance, you know, like what do you, what do you, I play for the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you the kicker? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Slivers. What? And he's, wow. only, and he's only 23. Um, I know. Hey, God bless him. He actually looks like he would, if, you know, for those of you who, who watched, you know, NBA basketball. There is no way he is 23. Uh, according to, according to the, <laughs> according the to the hairline. internet. He's, he's he got is. the, he's got the same issue as I guess uh, Jordan the, Spieth. He's I got guess the hairline issues. Yeah. I think, true. I would imagine he would be friends with anybody who watches the Lakers. Uh, Alex Caruso, who. I, I, my girlfriend. Oh yes, yeah. My, my yep. girlfriend and yep. I joke. We call him Ralph's because he looks like he would be a grocery store manager <laughs> and not an NBA player. Wow. Uh, another kind of young guy who has the balding up top look yeah. and who looks uh, significantly older than he probably actually is. Uh, I imagine him and uh, yeah, Alex Caruso is twenty five. Who and he looks like he's literally like you know forty one. Yeah. Um, they do look alike too. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine. I'd imagine the two of them like I could see them being friends and like hanging out. You know, and yeah. Having, having backyard just, uh, cookouts just together. Incredible. Two. Old-looking young guys. Yeah, know. basically. Uh, so either anyway, uh, Hunter Renfro, he's on the waiver wire. <laughs> you might want to go pick him up this week. Uh, Daniel Jones is out there again. That has to do with uh, a lot of quarterbacks being out this week, and so Jones is a, a worthwhile pickup. Jamison Crowder, uh, as I think a lot of us expect, kind of had a nice week. He was about the only Jet that was really productive yeah. uh, on Sunday, and a lot of that came like in the first half yep. for, for Jamison came Crowder. On the first drive, he had like yeah. four catches for fifty yards. By the way, opening Sam drive. Darnold, what the. Yeah, I mean, what, dude, it's the Dolphins. He's like, a mess what right was, now. So I missed it. So the the catch that was at the back of the end zone. Ryan Griffin. Griffin. How was that not a touchdown? Don't know. Uh, you're how asking was, the wrong person. How was that know, not a touchdown? I like, no I idea. saw the replay like four or five. Like, no how was that? Like, what happens where, like, it wasn't a touchdown? No one knows. Eddie, do you have any idea? Because, I mean, that would have salvaged his stat line a little bit. But I, 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 I was like. Am I missing something? And yeah, like, no, like, send me a tweet. No one knows. I don't know what, which, like. Which, to me, like, if, if we can't get that on replay, then what are we doing? His feet were down. What are we doing? His feet were down, right? I as, mean, his feet were down, as, and it looked like he could control the ball. As, I, don't, I don't get it. As the season has gone on, I have started to adopt Marcus's view of just pretty much ban replay or make it so much freaking faster. Yeah. It just, it just I don't get it. It, it. Like, we're not, we're not doing anything except slowing the games down uh, for no apparent reason. If we can't get things like that right, then, then I, there's just no point to it. I, could, but honestly, I like, couldn't even what, believe that they were taking a look at it. It was I just mean, a great I, that, touchdown. It just it looked too. like a nice catch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there was nothing to look honestly, at. Honestly, I'm going to have to look opinion. at it again. But, I like, I, I don't I, – I didn't see a juggle. I mean, I don't know what – I was 3,000 miles away in Los Angeles, and I could tell you it was a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I don't that's, know. Whatever. Don't that's probably it. not a good uh, – <laughs> Good indictment on, on the... It is not. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, let's see. Other names. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick we've talked about. Uh, we talked a little bit about the, the Dolphins receivers, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. And again, he's getting an MRI this week, speaking of Williams. So that's just something to keep an eye on. But if it's all, if it's all good, if he's a go... Um, you know, that offense is starting to kind of roll a little bit. And, uh, you know, they're at least worth a flex option for you, depending on what your lineup is. Uh, last one, Jacob Hollister, who had a pair of touchdowns uh, this past week. Only 37 yards, but... 
We are thirsty for tight ends. He's the new Will Disley. All yeah. right, maybe not. But uh, maybe. And they're playing the Niners coming up, so I don't know if I'd necessarily like want to pick him up. But I guess at this point, I tight, <laughs> the tight end position is driving me out of my freaking mind every week trying to do this for stardom and cinema because there's you know there's certain guys, you, listen, you're playing Hooper, you can't put him in there, you're playing Waller, you can't put him in there, you can't put Kelsey in there. You know, so there's certain guys, it's like it's just too obvious. But the rest of it is just a whole. Even Mark Andrews, I had him as a sit last week, and he and he wasn't uh, this past week, and he wasn't any good. But like Noah Fant came out of nowhere with that freaking long, yeah, touchdown. long touchdown. Even Kyle Rudolph scored a touchdown, and people aren't playing these guys. I really want to see and and Fells, right? A lot of people streamed Fells. He had one catch. He had one it was a catch touchdown. for one. It worked out. It was a touchdown. Worked so then, you know, he gave you he gave you seven points, which is pretty good. But even like you know Hawkinson. He had a good game, his best game since week one. Right, but it was it was you know sort of blah. The, you know it was like you know, it was like you know seven or eight points. It was like uh, okay, you take it. That's how bad tight end is right now. The it's good just news horrible is horrible to predict. The good news is with six teams on a bye, the only tight end that's regularly getting started that you're losing is probably Zach Ertz, right? Because you're not really. Yeah. St- I mean, it's Broncos. You're not really starting. And no it was fans. good to see good him point. back. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe Darren Fells with the Texans being out. I mean, the yeah. Jaguars don't have a tight end. The Patriots yeah. don't really have a tight end. I mean, Washington. You're not. You know, is Vernon Davis even playing? Like he's hurt. No, right? he's been hurt too. So like he's been hurt. So but Zach Ertz is the only guy. With those really six losing. teams in, you're like. What the hell do I do, man? Yeah. It's just like week in and week out. If you don't have one of those guys that you're starting every single week, I mean, it is honestly just like throwing darts. I want to have the research guys at one point, maybe maybe towards the end of the season, find out what percentage of the best tight end performances have been wasted. Yeah, <laughs> because like, the, I mean, like who who really has started Darren Fells over the last few weeks until this week where I mean, he had so, a touchdown but nothing else. Yeah, so like looking into leagues uh based on, you know, the top 10 scores, let's say, and whomever was starting less than like 15% of leagues. Yeah, that, I bet I bet you a lot of there were a, a lot of a ton. Yeah, trashy, dude, a trashy lot. Trashy how many people in. started no fan this week? Yeah, uh, yeah, no. I mean, how many people knew who Hollister was? Yeah. Right. You know who weren't any you know, industry folk? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just <laughs> it's, it's been, been and it sucks it's too because like so it, like this season it, it, like in the beginning of the season we had it such seemed hope like for the tight yeah end we position. did because there was a lot of like youth you know an influx of youth oh, and Faye was coming man. into the league and Hawkinson was coming into the league oh man gosh yeah. and I will say this guys for Stardom and Sidham this week with six teams on a bye just bear with me be all right because I'm throwing darts left and right at thin positions just bear with me the, the, yeah the, the info is good the- just bear with me. Real quick on tight ends, Will Disley is still the tenth best fantasy tight end this year, <laughs> and he is basically he played play- in only five games. So he hasn't played in like a oh month, yeah. right? Well, he hasn't played in a month, and that's he's still top ten tight end. Yep, that's, that's where we're at. Man, that is mm-hmm. bad. So, uh, so happy hunting on the waiver wire, especially if you need a tight end this week. Good luck to you. So uh, that's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading. You know the drill, as always. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, you never know what you have until you clean your room. We'll see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. 
So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.